Today's episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by The Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at clicring.com. Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Monday, March 21st, 2016, and this is The Ride. everybody welcome to the first day of spring that's right the first day of spring and I look at my phone and the weather icon that I have is a snowflake indeed it is brisk this morning last night I was working on my chicken coop as you know I've been working on that and I had to do some things out on a level section of my driveway So I had to move it from the warmth and safety of my garage out into the weather. And man, by 6 or 7 or 8 o'clock last night, the wind was whipping. I felt like an icicle. But finally got things done. My wife helped me do some things with it. And we got got the wheels on it and moved it inside the protection of the garage. Out from the wind. And so now I can do all what I need to do in the protection of my garage. I don't know if it's because I'm just weird or if it's because I was reading a post about some people who got extremely ill from eating bad mushrooms. Man, I tell you what, I like mushrooms, but I don't know if I'm going to be going out in the woods and just getting any old mushroom. This is somebody who knew what they were doing and they got the wrong kind and uh, made a soup with it. I mean, there was a bad a bad one in with all the good ones. And the soup tasted fine. But there was poison in them, their soup. This kind of thing. I guess maybe the fact that they had it with a lot of other mushrooms that were fine, it didn't destroy their liver like it typically would have. They would have had to get a liver transplant. Can you believe that? Eating the wrong mushroom? You could either die or destroy your liver. That's just crazy. And get this, the soup tasted fine. In fact, the person was saying that it was great tasting. Well, I don't know if I've been thinking about this mushroom. Well, by the way, that whole thing could preach, as you can imagine. But uh, I have something different I'm going to talk about today. And I'm sure it probably has a lot to do with one bad mushroom with all the good mushrooms in your life but uh bad mushrooms is maybe the reason why i've been having these weird dreams last night i had a dream there was a rainstorm and i'm in my house actually it happens to be my childhood house and it's the kind of house that well my childhood house that i dream about has all these leaks in it i don't know why it never did in real life but there's this one spot in the basement where the water during a rainstorm the water just cascades in along the wall i don't know there's probably a deeper meaning to this and i could make one up but i don't know i'm not a psychologist i only play one on tv well so in my dream i've got this water that's kind of dripping in in places and i'm in the basement looking out one of those basement windows It's not just a pane of glass like sometimes you get those, just a small window in a basement. It's a bigger window than that. 
in my dream and it has uh, a screen and a normal pane of you know window that you can raise and lower a case casing casement whatever and there are birds between the screen and the window I don't know how they got in there I didn't put them there but they're there and they're stuck they're they're kind of like well I mean they're there they probably want to not be there but they don't seem to be making too much of a fuss about it but I'm I'm more bothered by it than they are because I don't want these things stuck in my house I mean they're not in my house they're not in my outside they're kind of in the in-between but they're blocking my view can't see. I've got no vision because they're in my way. And if you think that's crazy enough, you might start thinking I'm eating mushrooms when I tell you this part. So there's another window that has another one in it. It's a duck or a goose. Actually, it's a, what was it? I think it's a goose. It had to be. It was big. It was a goose. I kind of half think it's a duck, but I know it's as big as a goose. It's a duck, duck, goose. I don't know. And somehow I, like like for the window where the birds, I open the window and they don't move. Now, opening the window means that they had to fly in to get out. So I wasn't really sure what I was going to do there. I didn't really want these guys in my house dropping who knows what all over. So I left them there, but for some reason I thought opening this other one where the goose was trapped in now that would be smarter let him fly around my house but i figured well there's only one so you know what kind of damage can he do so i opened the window he starts flying around now i didn't tell you this he's wearing clothes okay i don't know why he and now that i think about it it's very much like an outfit that um donald duck would wear oh man this is wacky Okay, so this goose is flying around my childhood house. Rain's pouring outside. He's wearing Donald Duck outfit. I'm trying to kind of corral him out to the front door. He's kind of hop flying all over the place. Finally, somebody opens the front door. He gets out. He's out into the world. And I'm thinking, sweet, I got rid of that guy. On to the birds. And then I realize, oh, nuts. He can't really fly very well with those clothes on. I'm thinking, oh great, I gotta go catch that guy because I don't want anybody condemning me for, you know, abusing animals. So I'll go try to track down this thing. And before I get to him, there's a fire truck with a whole bunch of social service people following it like a parade or something. And they find the bird and then they get the clothes off the bird so the bird is happy and can fly free and free willy and all that and then they look at me with this disdain oh I was the worst human how dare I dress up this goose like Donald Duck and I profusely apologize for my lack of understanding and lack of compassion for the animals and they let me off with just a misdemeanor no they let me go so that was my dream and I was trying to piece it together and see I went to I went to bed kind of wanting to dream about flying that's kind of funny every once in a while I I, I 
do that. I like I like flying dreams. Sometimes if I really want to enough, I can have a dream where I'm flying. But last night all I get is a flying goose and Donald Duck gear. So when I was thinking about the birds, I thought, well, man, what does that mean? What's the symbolism there? And the only thing I can come up with is that they seem harmless, those birds. They weren't in my house. They weren't outside of my house. They were kind of like in between. And they, you know, they're not going to get in my business too much because they're not in my house. But they're blocking my vision. So, do we have things in our lives that we are keeping at arm's length, but we're not eschewing them? Gesundheit. We're keeping them at arm's length, but we're not letting them go. They're not really part of our life, but we really don't want to let them go. You can either blame the mushrooms for this dream and this message, or maybe God is speaking to us about this. What was very clear to me in the dream is that the birds blocked my view. I couldn't barely see out. I wasn't having to fight the birds all the time. You know, they weren't taking that kind of time and effort away from me. But they were simply blocking my view. Blocking my view of the, the weather conditions, of the future, of the path ahead. I listened to a great message over the weekend my back had been hurting, so we skipped the trip to church and we watched Stephen Furtick from Elevation Church on DVD. And he's got this great series called Chatterbox. You should check it out. And I think the message we heard was who I am. And it struck me that he's talking about how we view ourselves and how God views us. And he looked at the story of Moses and how he spoke to Moses. I mean, get this, God of creation speaking to Moses through the burning bush that doesn't get consumed. I mean, if you needed a sign, there you go. So God's telling him what he wants him to do to go bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And over and over, Moses reminds God of where he is not strong in and of himself. Hey, did you know that Moses wrote that book? Exodus. The first five books of the Bible, I believe Moses wrote them. The Pentateuch. And the fact that he's writing about how he argued with God <laughs> and, uh, you know, said that he himself wasn't capable of doing some of the stuff God wanted him to do. And it made it into the book. That guy's pretty, pretty transparent. I guess that's what the truth of God is. But anyway, so he's reminding God of all the things that, you know, are the reason why he can't do it. I'm not a good speaker, you know. How will they believe who I'm speaking for? Uh, you know, who am I? All this stuff. Oh, man. If you, ever, if you ever say, who am I, with a question mark, if you ever do that, if you ever say, who am I, question mark, then just follow it immediately. I want you to write this down. You follow that immediately with whose I am, period. Who am I, question mark? Whose I am, period. All these things. And, and God's reminding Moses that he's able to do it. And if, you know, if Moses had read 
all the commentary on the Bible that exists in the 21st century. And if you read Dr. Dobson, and if you read all these guys, you'd know that where... Oh, and if you listen, and if you listen to Rusty James, the ride, he'd know... Sheesh. He'd know that where you're weak, God's strong. Oh, yeah, that probably hadn't been written yet. So I'll give him grace on that one. So where you're weak, God's strong. But he kept bringing up these things, you know? I, I'm... You know, and in, in, in the message that Stephen was delivering over the weekend, he's saying, you know, we say stuff like this all the time. You know, I'm not strong enough. I'm not articulate enough. I'm not dependable enough. All these things. But God made us. God formed us. He knit us together. He knows who we are. He knows who you are. And he knows that what you're not capable in doing in and of yourself, you can do with his help. So we ought not be saying things like that. We ought to be saying the kind of things that God says. I am sufficient. I know I'm sufficient and I have sufficiency in my life because God's sufficient and he's in my life. What does all this have with birds in my window? Well, I think the birds are those things that we maybe say about ourselves that aren't, aren't necessarily full in alignment with what God says about us. Now, sure, we might have shortcomings, but I don't want to focus on our shortcomings. I want to focus on where I have victory. Is that being hypocritical? No, I don't, th- I don't see it that way. I'm just emphasizing and speaking the truth about things that I believe to be true in my life even though they maybe haven't manifest yet. I think those birds in the window are those things that we say about ourselves that are not, they're hindering our actual view of the situation. They're in our way. They block our vision. An interesting thing that uh, Mr. or Pastor Furtick brought up is that, you know, one of the Ten Commandments talks about that we shouldn't take the the name of the Lord in vain. And, you know, we've always thought about that as meaning, you know, you don't curse his name and, and that kind of thing. But did you know that the name that God gave to Moses that would identify God? You know, Moses said, who will I say sent me? And God said, I am sent you. I am. And he goes on to describe that that's kind of the, the isness of God, the, his, his presentness in the moment. I am. But he went one step further and described that, you know, that's the name of God. But if you're saying things like, I am worthless, I am a mistake, I am unworthy. All of these kind of statements, these birds in the window statements, you're taking the I am, the word of God, the name of God, in vain, because that is not who you are. I know it might be a stretch, but it's biblical to look at it this way. If you would want to say, I am worthless, or I am... um, 
not something enough, strong enough, perfect enough. I am not lovable enough. All those things. You need to be saying some of the things that the I am has said about you. I am loved. I am cared for. I am known. I am set on a high place. I am free. I am victorious. I am satisfied. I am complete. You start doing that, and those birds that are blocking your vision, they'll start to fly away and get out of your business. I think it's pretty easy once you get in the habit of agreeing with God with your mouth and with your actions, living in such a way that how you live agrees with those words that God has said about you. It's powerful. It can change your life. It can change how you present your life to the world. No longer are you going to make Facebook posts that are, oh, woe is me, have pity on me, you know, nobody loves me, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry, but when I read that stuff, it makes me want to blah. I feel for the person, I kind of do, because they, but they don't know, they don't understand what God has already provided for them. I pray that they understand but sometimes you just gotta mature up and agree with what God says about you and listen to that voice more than what you say about you or what the chatter, as, as Pastor Furtick is talking about, the chatter from the culture, what the chatter is saying about you. Oh yeah, there's chatter about you that doesn't want to help you. How do I know? Because isn't it in the human nature to look at, like at celebs? We want to see them fail. I'm sorry, we do. I don't think I'm the only one, and I'll admit it. I don't always want to do that, but sometimes when certain ones have rubbed you the wrong way and you see them getting a real full dose of reality, it kind of makes you feel like, all right, so they're not as high and mighty as they thought they were, and it makes me feel a little bit better about my less exciting life. Well, you know what? <laughs> Enough of the comparisons, man. That's just contributing, you're just contributing to the chatter that's out there. Let's not do that. Let's, the chatter we ought to be doing is chatter right from God's mouth, from the heart of God. How do we know what his chatter should be? Well, you know how to know. You get into that word and you live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you. And the birds in the window will flutter away when you start speaking the word of God in your life and start living it with your actions. People will see the changes. People will recognize that there must be something deeper than just your own words that are changing your life. It's the power of God. That's how it works. Unleash the power and I will see you on the flip.